Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Sacker, and pleased to be joined by my partner, former Raider great Stanford Routon. Stan, OTAs are done. Now players have a month off before training camp begins. What do you think the Vegas odds makers have the Raiders win total at? Give me a guess. I believe, I remember seeing something like this online. I think it's, what, seven and a half or like, like something like that. It's eight. Uh, it's a good guess. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know it's going to be somewhere right there, like in the mediocre win range, basically. You don't agree with eight? I think that's a pretty safe number. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be more than eight. But I, but based on last year, based on uh, some of the mistakes that they made down the stretch in the second half of certain games, especially the Chargers game, the Chiefs game, and the Miami Dolphins game the day after Christmas, I can definitely see why the odds makers would put them right there in that mediocre category. Well, they've obviously got their three-division opponents who they play, play twice. They have the NFC East, which was awful last year. But as we know, everything changes from year to year. The Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins, Bears, Browns, and Bengals. So it, it's a daunting schedule. It's not easy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think where you're really going to be able to see where the Raiders will have made their strides or they're right back, the same old Raiders, I think it's going to happen week one when they open up against the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Monday Night Football, going to have fans for the first time. The stadium's going to be rocking. I think that's going to be a great game. Matter of fact, I'll probably be at that game. And I think that's going to be somewhat of an indication, give you a little bit of a precursor to exactly how their season is going to play out. Because I can tell you like this, if the Raiders come out and they win game one against the Baltimore Ravens, they're going to hit at least 10 wins because that's going to do so much for the morale. It's going to do so much for the confidence and even for the fan base that I think you will be able to see them go ahead and gain momentum from that game if they win, or even if it's a really, really, really good showing. And let's say they lose at the last second to a field goal by Tucker, you know, 50 yard or something like that. I think that you're going to see big things out of them if they have a good showing in week one, because that'll spill over uh, for the rest of the season. Right. It'll set the tone and kind of reminds me of 2016 uh, when they began the season at New Orleans and they rallied for the two point conversion. Exactly. Yes. 12 and four that year. Yep, absolutely. Well, if you want to check out the Raiders' odds to make the playoffs, or yes, even the Super Bowl, then head to betonline.ag. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and BetOnline is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures. BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, the face-off, or pitch, head over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You been watching the NBA playoffs, Dan? 
Of course. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> who Come do you on. like? Between, okay, so who do you like in the finals? Who do you like meeting up in the finals? In the finals, I probably would go with the Suns, and I, I would like to see it be the Suns and the Hawks. That's what I would like to see. Everybody's saying it's a coming out party for Trey Young, and I'm like, you know what? If you follow the NBA, you know he's been good, but now he's just doing it on on a bigger stage. So now True. everybody's finding out about who he is. And also, and also, the biggest thing about Trey Young that I love is is I've been watching him so far uh, throughout these playoffs, and just also this year. Coaches always say it's it's weird because as a player, you will have certain games where you play really, really good as far as like in the stat sheet, and then. You go, you watch the film the day after, and then all of a sudden, like you still see a good number of red marks on your on, on the on the on the on your report card, so to speak, uh, for the game. And you had a mental error here. You didn't attack the ball the right way there. You took the wrong angle there. And you're like, man, like I had like 11 tackles, three pass breakups, and interception. And like, yet coach can still find fault or he can find error in several of your plays from the day before. And the thing that and the reason why I say this about Trey Young is that this year, Trey Young didn't go to the All-Star game. He wasn't an All-Star this year. But he actually is having his best year yet because he's controlling the pace of the game. He's getting his other teammates involved. Thus, that's making them a more effective organization, a much more effective ball club. And so that's why I say oftentimes as a player, you will go and you'll have a game that was so-so. I didn't have really any pass breakups. I didn't get any interceptions. I had like two tackles. And that'll be, those will be the times where you have the cleanest report card after the day after the game. And you're like, man, like I didn't really do anything. And you know, your coach will be like, yeah, you didn't really do much, but you also didn't make no mistakes. You like, so you played solid. You didn't have any big plays, whatever, who cares, but you didn't make any mistakes. So you also didn't hurt us. And so that's where, when I think about uh, Trey Young in that aspect, He's having a really good year, but if you take it back to his all-star season, his points per game is down, things like that, but you can tell he's controlling the game. And I noticed that especially when they started playing the Knicks. That's why they rolled through the Knicks the way they did, and that's why they were able to get past the Sixers because of Trey Young making timely shots when he needs to. He's passing the ball at the right time. He's controlling the offense and controlling the flow of the game. So, so funny that you mentioned him. I think that um, obviously when you do it in the playoffs, that's on a bigger stage, everybody takes note. But I think because of how he's playing the game right now, that's why they're in the playoffs. And that's why they're much deeper. Because if you notice last year was his all-star season, he didn't, they didn't go to the playoffs last year. They didn't even get invited to the bubble if memory serves. What a difference a year makes. Absolutely. In the game one against the Milwaukee Bucks, he was just toying with that defense when he made yes. that move on Drew Holiday. And then he did the little shimmy before mm -hmm. he took the three pointer. I was like, oh, man, this guy's in complete control. He's exactly. having fun. Oh, it was, it was, it's fun to watch. It really, it really, really is. All right, Stan. Well, the big news on Monday Raiders defensive lineman Carl Nassib made history becoming the NFL's first active player to come out as gay. 28 mm -hmm. year old Pennsylvania native announced it on Instagram. Take a listen, Raider Nation. What's up, people? I'm Carl Massive. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Um, I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. 
Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Um, I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. Um, but until then, you know, I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. And I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. They're an incredible organization. They're the number one suicide prevention service for LGBTQ youth in America. And they're truly doing incredible things. And I'm very excited to be a part of it to help in any way that I can. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. Uh, that's all I have for you guys. I hope you have a great day. Work hard. All right, Stan, we just heard from Carl Nassib. And when you first heard the news, what was your reaction? Oh, well, I was shocked, mainly because I didn't know that about Carl Nassib. That's number one. Number two, I was really proud because in a testosterone-driven business, in a testosterone-driven league, you know, I think that um, you're always going to have that old school mindset. You're gonna have those old type of feelings and old habits die hard where that many people believe it's, it wasn't Adam and Eve. I'm sorry, it's, it's supposed to be Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, things like that. And that they believe that in a testosterone driven league, you know, you shouldn't have people who are gay or homosexual and things like that. And I kind of think that's a lot, I think that's BS because I know of several players that I've played with against or just simply in the league right now who are gay. Now they won't come out obvious for obvious reasons. So I was very proud to see him do that because he's owning it, he's burying his soul. And I know how hard that may be. I know how hard it, I can only imagine. So kudos to him, but also I think that that could be a precursor to go ahead and show where this league is now headed into the inclusive, the all-encompassing, the all-accepting, I think that could be a great first step. Obviously, I'm sorry, a second step because we all remember Michael Sam from several years ago, but I think uh, it could be a great second step in the right direction. And I think that anybody who's listening to this or anybody who may have their own qualms about it, listen to me when I tell you this. I can name names, but I'm not going to, of players who are your favorite player. <laughs> or someone you would deem as one of the all-time greats at their position or the greatest at their position who are gay. I can tell you that for a fact. So I think that uh, for any fan that wants to, oh, well, you know, like it, it sh that shouldn't be allowed in football, or, you know, like I don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, I know this, some of the best players in NFL history have been gay. And I don't think that affects how you play as a football player or whether you're good or bad. Or you, I don't think that affects that. Like, I don't think it at all. So uh, I love what he did on so many levels because it brings so much into perspective. You know what I mean? Carl Nassib is not some guy who was undrafted. He's not some guy who's not going to receive any playing time, barely going to make the roster. Uh, he signed a deal, I think three years, 25 million, some, something in that area. So obviously good money for where he's at in his career. So, it just goes to show oftentimes a lot of people, oh, well, you know, only like, you know, the practice squad guys, you know, he may be gay, but like, you know, the top notch guys, no, like there's no way you can be a good football player and be gay. That's BS. That's BS. So I love that on so many levels that he came out because hopefully that can be somewhat of a catalyst to go ahead and, uh, and bring that more to the forefront. Because like I told you before, and I'll say it one more time, Dennis, 
there are plenty of gay football players and some are fantastic at how they play and even if you're somebody who is not a fan of them specifically or a fan of their team you cannot overlook their level of talent because it is simply that great i'll just leave it at that all right well Look, I, I'm with you. I took this as an incredible courage. Uh, I have the utmost respect for Carl Nassib. I applaud him. I can't imagine the burden he must have felt uh, keeping this to himself, carrying it around Absolutely. his entire life and what it must felt like when he actually made this announcement to share it with the world. And then, Stan, I think the outpouring of love and support from not only the NFL, but the Raiders, in particular owner Mark Davis, his teammates, yeah current and former players, I mean, other teams as well. And, you know, Carl made a donation to the Trevor Project, and I was not familiar with that. So mm -hmm. I had to look it up. And, you know, it's it's a project that focuses on youth suicide prevention in the LGBTQ community. Uh -huh. And so, and then I read this and I wanted to share it with our audience. You know, studies have shown that it just takes, stand one, just one adult, and that can reduce an LGBTQ kid attempting suicide by 40%. Wow. So imagine the reach and how many lives have already been impacted and possibly saved mm -hmm. by NASA coming out. Absolutely. I guarantee there's a kid right now sitting somewhere playing high school football, college football, maybe high school, college basketball, baseball, something like that, that who saw that and is now thinking, or should I say he's rethinking his approach he's re he's rethinking that you know what man okay i know i am kind of different as some people would like to call it but you know what there's a guy who's in the nfl he just came out and he's on an nfl team he wasn't somebody that was just undrafted and they're going to cut him in training camp a viable player and he came out and him carl nassim coming out is going to give other people strength it's going to give other people a certain resolve and think that okay you know what I have somebody who I don't know personally, but I can see them from a distance who proverbially, figuratively will stand with me in the fact that I'm different from what society says I should be or things like that. So I think that just off of that alone, yes, that's going to save a lot of people. It's going to make a lot of people feel less inadequate and it's going to, it's going to, it's definitely going to lighten a lot of heavy hearts that uh that may feel because i'm a certain way i can't do what i love to do because of society my coach or some college that i want to go to or something like that so it definitely is going to have a ripple effect stan obviously society is much different here in 2021 we're all about yes. you know being inclusive could this have happened 10 years ago when you were hell playing no. in the nfl hell no i mean Why? you could, just because the stigma behind it like you know, you got certain guys in the locker room, they may not feel comfortable showering with you simply because, oh, well, you know, I think he might, you know, all of a sudden get attracted to me and try to, you know, jump on me. Like, you know, that's just kind of, I mean, that, that, that's BS from several conversations that I've had with some gay individuals that like, just because you're gay doesn't mean you find every man attractive. <laughs> um, but so, there, so I, like I said, and then also you have, really 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 good players they have endorsements they have companies that want to work with them and they may have a ceo of said company that they don't really agree with 
same-sex marriage. They don't agree with same-sex relationships. So you have certain players that they have other obligations. They have other interests of, I want to one day work for a certain network, or I want to one day uh, be an endorser for, you know, said, said consumer product or whatever. So they are looking at it from that aspect. So I think that's why, yeah, 10 years ago, oh, no, there's no way, uh, simply because of that aspect. And then you don't want to you don't want to be ostracized by your teammates. You don't want to go through all that as a player. You just don't. And then all of a sudden you look up one day and you you come out as being gay. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, you didn't make the final cuts in training camp. Or you didn't get drafted, even though you were supposed to go in the fourth round, something like that. So that plays in certain people's minds. But I think now you're starting to see a difference in the world. You're starting to see a difference in society where uh now it's all now you see the black lives matter like very very prevalent whether it's on nba courts whether it's on the goalposts in the nfl things like that and you know the stop asian hate crime things like that so now you're seeing things be more all-inclusive where now even the naysayers because trust me there's still going to be plenty of people who detract from what carl nassif did but see now it's getting to the point to where the detractors they have to bite their tongue and they got to say it in the comfort of their own home where there's no recording device. Because now if you go and you say something that is opposite of that, something that is the antithesis of that, then you deal with your own level of scrutiny from your job, your employer, things like that. So I think that um, 10 years ago, to answer your question, no, it would not have happened. I can tell you that for a fact. But now things are changing to where even if you don't agree with it, you can't publicly come out and voice it the same way that you probably could 10, 15 years ago. And I love that. Stan, but I find it interesting that the Raiders have always been about being all inclusive. I mean, you go back to the late owner, Al Davis, he was one of the first ones to go to historically black colleges and scout mm -hmm. the, those players. Yeah. He hired the first two minority coaches first Tom Flores, 1979, and then Art Shell in 1989. And then he rehired Art in 2006 My as well. And then think about this. He also hired the first female executive in Amy Trask, who I'm Amy sure Trask. you know. Good, good so, friend of mine. Yeah. So I just think, like I said, I don't know if apropos is the right word, but the fact that Carl Nassib plays for the Raiders, they have this great history of being all-inclusive. Mm -hmm. And now here in 2021, we have the first openly gay player with the Raiders organization. All right, let's move on and let's talk about Raiders quarterback Derek Carr, who's about to enter his eighth season with the Silver and Black. And during the most recent OTAs, Stan, he said he would rather retire than play for another team. Take a listen. I'm of the mindset, I'm that old school mentality. I'm playing for one team and that's it. You know, I, I give, whether we've won enough or not, you know, I, I literally give every bit of energy and effort that I can. Um, to this to this organization and when I when I sign a contract I you know I, I completely uh, in my mind have to fulfill that you know there's you know I, I committed to that I, I put my name on paper I, I committed to that and uh, you know it's just how I was raised so uh, again I'm from Fresno California you know born in Fresno I you know my dad was you know worked in the car business my mom helped it you know, substitute, uh, you know, teaching and all different kinds of stuff at the church and all that kind of stuff. So we didn't have a whole bunch of stuff growing up, so I don't need much, you know. And so, uh, 
for me, it's more about loyalty. It's more about um, being the same guy every single day. You know, I, my goal, Josh, was when I got here to, you know, give everything I have to this organization, um, let our fans know I'm, I'm giving it all that I have, and I will always continue to do that on, on season, off season. And, uh, and whether the situation is great or not, I, that's okay. People can say whatever they want. I know what I've put on film. I know the things that I've been able to accomplish, and I still want more. There's still more, and I want to do it here. I don't want to do it anywhere else. I've said it over and over again. I, I'd, I'd, I'd probably quit football if I had to play for somebody else. You know, I, I am a Raider for my entire life. I'm going to root for one team for the rest of my life, and uh, it's the Raiders. So um, I, I just feel that's so strong in my heart. You know, I don't need a perfect situation. You know, I believe that. I don't need – I don't need a perfect situation to make things right. I, I, I kind of, I think we can all agree that if, if we were able to pull it off and win a championship here, that, that would feel much better than just piling a whole bunch of great players together and figuring, joining up and doing it that way. I think it would be much more special and uh, it'd feel probably a little bit better from what we've been through uh, to where I think we're going. I think it'd feel, I just think personally, that'd be a cooler story for my life and for other people, they want to do other things. That's great. That's up to them. But for me, I'd rather, I'd rather go down with the ship, you know what I'm saying, if I have to. You know, I, that's just my personality. All right, Stan, I, I have a hard time believing Derek would refuse to play for another team. <laughs> you know, and perhaps he was just laying the groundwork, letting the Raiders know, like, look, if there's a, a trade in the works, like perhaps me going to Green Bay in exchange for Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to go. But, you know, he's going. He, I, I, just like I said, I have a hard time believing he wouldn't play for another team. Uh, when you heard that, what, what did you think? I mean, that's pretty much to be expected. Uh, obviously, he's going to say that, even if he doesn't feel that way, he's going to say that because he wants to be a Raider. Grew up in Northern California, went to Fresno State. So clearly, the Raiders are near and dear to his heart. Maybe he does feel that way. I don't think he does, simply because once he actually retires and realizes that he still has a lot left in the tank, that's when he would want to come back because he would miss the game so much. But nonetheless, because of Derek Carr being who I presume him to be from a mental aspect, he's going to always say the right thing for Raider Nation to go ahead and get behind. And for him to go and say, oh, I mean, yeah, I really wouldn't care. I'd, I'd play for another team. I have no problem with that. That's not what Raider Nation wants to hear. Even though they know that you would if you were traded or you were cut, like you're going to continue your career. But you and I both know the fans, they need to hear certain things just so they can feel more comfortable about you or uh, be more secure. They need to feel certain things. They need to hear certain things. So I don't have any problem with it. I don't exactly believe it, but nonetheless, I get it. You got a microphone in front of your face. You got to say certain things, certain trigger words to make the fans happy. And he did just that. So Stan, I'm looking at his career numbers. He's got an overall record as a starter of 47 and 63. He's throwing 170 career touchdown passes, just 71 interceptions. And I mean, if you look at the last three years, he's thrown for over 4,000 yards, including last year, over 4,100, which is a career high. He hasn't thrown more than 10 picks in the last three years. I mean, today's quarterbacks, they usually have that three-year window. That's all they get now, Stan. They're a starter from day one. And they're based on the first three years because let's face it, teams want quarterbacks on those rookie contracts. Cause after that, they make the, all this money. And then you're strapped for cash with the salary cap. Mm -hmm. You know, the Raiders have rebuilt, I think, everywhere 
since he's been on this team. We've talked a defense, offensive line, skill position. He has been the one constant. Are you a? I don't know if we've ever discussed this. How big of a fan of Derek Carr are you? Or do you think they should have moved on from him by now? Or are you a fan of his? Or where do you actually where do you stand? Oh, absolutely, I'm a fan of Derek Carr. No, no doubt about it. I think that uh, I think he's got a really good arm. I think he I think he's decently athletic. I mean, remember let's let's also remember this guy's been to three Pro Bowls. <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, make sure that we uh, we we recognize that. And I think that for him, the main thing is that. He draws his certain qualms from the fans about sometimes holding on the ball too long or he doesn't really want to take that shot. He did back in 2016. That's why 2016 they were so good. 28 touchdowns, six interceptions, 3,900 passing yards, all of that. And ever since, he got hurt against that game against the Indianapolis Colts, and then things went kind of downhill from there. But you go back to even 2018, 2019, 2020, has thrown for 4,000 yards over the last three seasons, and his interception totals have not been exactly that high like 2018, 19 touchdowns, 10 picks. 2019, 21 touchdowns, 8 picks. 20, uh, 2020, 27 touchdowns, 9 INT. So that's a 3-to-1 touchdown interception ratio. I think that in 2016, he was looking like a baby Aaron Rodgers. And then I think uh, when he broke his leg or the ankle or what have you, I think it took him some time to go ahead and kind of come back from that. But also switching over to John Gruden, I think it took him some time to get on the same page with John Gruden because I think – in certain ways, John Gruden wasn't all the way sold on Derek Carr. But as far as what you said about, you know, you get three years and then they pretty much get you up out of there. Yes, that's true. But because he was going to Pro Bowls early on, that's what saved him. Now, when you look at the present right now, okay, should the Raiders move on from Derek Carr? Only if you're getting a definitive upgrade. Definitive, and I mean definitive the same way that you know Saturday comes after Friday. The same way that you know that <laughs> Sunday comes after Saturday. Like, it has to be definitive, and it's only a handful. Deshaun Watson is better than Derek Carr. I think everybody can agree with that. Aaron Rodgers is better than Derek Carr. Right now, right now, right now, Tom Brady is better than Derek Carr. Pat Mahomes, better than Derek Carr. Russell Wilson throw him in there as well but outside of those guys I just named that handful of guys nobody else is a definitive and Josh Allen as well Josh Allen like him but nobody else is a definitive upgrade that I know for a fact the way Tuesday comes before Wednesday and if you do not get a definitive upgrade you stay with that guy that you have that's, I think, the, uh, the best way to go ahead and diagnose or disseminate exactly the situation with Derek Carr. And I think Mike Mayotte, John Gruden are slowly realizing that. If it's a definitive upgrade, hey, man, teams are going to always try to get better. But if it's not definitive, where I don't know it for a fact, like we literally are a better team the day that new quarterback comes in here. Not through that, not the first practice, the first season. He gets on the same page as all the receivers. No, the day he walks in the locker room, we're already a better football team. Unless it's that, no, you stick with Derek Carr. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. But just, I don't think this is going to happen, but just indulge me for on this, Stan. Let's just say if the trade happened, let's just flip-flop Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr, okay? Let's just say it happened. I don't think it's going to. I don't think Aaron's going anywhere. The Raiders' win total in Vegas, we mentioned at the early top of the show, was eight. What would it jump to if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, everything else being the same, same defense, 
Same skill position, nothing else changes. Just I'm going to exchange Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr. I'd say the over-under would probably go to a 10 and a half. 10 and a half. So I looked, and the Packers' win total right now heading into the season is 11. And if you put Derek Carr on the Packers, what do you think that win total would be? Oh, wow. What is the, what is the win total right now with Aaron Rodgers? Probably? 11. 11. So uh, they're going to go 11 and 6. It would, it would probably drop down to, I'd say, 8 and a half, 9 and a half. That's a huge difference, Dan. That is a, that's night and day. That's playoffs and not playoffs. That's Aaron Rodgers versus Derek Carr. <laughs> night and day. <laughs> but, I mean, um, but you said, you know, you take a handful of quarterbacks over, you know, Derek and Aaron Rodgers is one of them. But I mean, that's, I mean, and that's why that he's only made the playoffs one time in his career. And I know there's other factors. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got this year and next year left on his deal. He's going to make 20 and a half million this year. Derek Carr is with the Raiders. And the next year jumps just slightly to 20.8 million. Stan, if they don't make the playoffs this year, is Derek Carr the Raiders starting quarterback next year? If they don't make the playoffs this year, there's a good chance he won't be the starting quarterback in 2022. I think that if they don't make a uh, an actual, if they don't make noise in the playoffs, there's a good chance that it may that may not happen simply because John Gruden inherited Derek Carr. That wasn't somebody he handpicked, and I think. John Gruden would like to handpick his guy. I think he just would. So I would not be surprised if he was not the quarterback in 2022, sans a nice playoff appearance. I think it's going to be a challenge. I, Stan, I just look at the division alone. I mean, we know the Chargers have gotten better. I'm still not sold on the Broncos uh, with their quarterback situation, yeah. but I think they're going to be hard-pressed to make the postseason again. I really do. I think there's so many question marks Absolutely. with – Absolutely. On defense, and that offensive line scares me. And as you've talked about, he's not the most mobile guy back there. And I just think there's so many question marks. I think eight eight to nine wins is realistic, but I just don't think that gets you into the postseason. Even with the additional, you know, we added another playoff team last year, and now we're playing 17 games this year. And I just don't think nine wins, I don't think nine wins gets you there. And I think that's, if everything breaks right, I think that's where they are again. I, I do. See, I disagree because, and maybe this is the optimism in me. You look at the Chargers game, you look at the Chiefs game, you look at the Dolphins game. If the defense just simply knows how to put their shoes on, ties their shoes correctly, <laughs> those are three wins right there. And then they're in the playoffs. I would like to think that Gus Bradley is going to clean that up. doesn't mean that they're going to all of a sudden become a juggernaut, but you're adding Ngakwe. You now go ahead, you have the bookends with him. And, and my man, uh, God, on the tip of my tongue, he was just on my podcast recently. Um, Max Crosby. Uh, yeah, exactly. Max Crosby. <laughs> um, so like, and then obviously you go ahead, you add a few pieces, Mo Rig in the safe uh, at the safety position in the back end, guys like that. Because of that, you're seeing a few pieces added where Ngakwe is going to be able to get after the quarterback. Maybe they'll go ahead and have a few more sacks, be able to get off the field on fourth down or third down in the fourth quarter. That may go ahead and translate to a win or two, things like that. So I think that because of Gus Bradley simplifying the defense where everybody's going to be on the same page, you will not see guys running scot-free wide open in the back end late in games that lead to scores that, that eventually lead to losses by the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that right there is going to change things. And because of how they lost games last year, they're right there on the cusp. They're right there on the edge to where that loss could easily turn into a W 
And you and I both know that's going to do wonders for where they fall in the playoff standings. Well, Stan, you're the optimist, and I guess maybe I'm a little bit of the pessimist, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Training camp uh, gets going and just over a month away, and uh, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by betonline.ag. Stan, great stuff as always, man. Always, man. Love being on with you. Can't wait for the next one. Absolutely. All right, Raider Nation, thanks so much for listening. My partner, Stanford Rout. I'm Dennis Ackerman. May all your punts find the coffin corner. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.